Welcome to a talk with St Saviour's Summer. We hope that it blesses you. I'm Kim, and I'm the Families and Children's Pastor here at St Saviour's. And because the kids' ministry is now on summer holidays, I get to be let loose on all of you, grown-ups, youth, children, everybody. I expect the children to be listening very diligently. (laughs) So, as Ron has told us, we're looking at the Lord's Prayer this summer. And so, even though I'm starting off with our Father, who art in heaven, I feel that I need to start by actually looking at prayer. And we've talked about prayer a lot today. So I'm going to preach in a way I don't normally preach. I'm going to refer to my notes a lot. I'm going to try and stick to them because there's a lot I want to share in a short space of time. So if I speak fast, will you listen fast with me? I've always wanted to use that preacher joke. Today is my moment. (laughs) So let's get inspired about prayer. And then we'll look at the first section, Our Father who is in heaven. And then I want to send an invitation because I don't think it's by accident that we're looking at the Lord's Prayer over the summer. I think God is challenging us to go deeper into prayer. And I think he's inviting us to use his prayer model, the Lord's Prayer, as a way of doing that. So first of all, let's look at prayer, how essential it was for Jesus so, and we look at Mark 1.35. Is it going to come up? Darcy's going to do an amazing job of bringing out the scriptures, and I've got quite a few scriptures. So, Mark 1.35 is talking about the beginning of Jesus' ministry on earth, and it says, early in the morning, we might have different versions. I can't see that. I'll have to keep doing that, so I'll just read from my notes. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and went out to a secluded place to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. And then we see in Luke 22, 39 to 41, that as Jesus' ministry is really building and there's a lot of demand being put on him, that it says, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray when it was evening and he was alone. So he's really, really busy. Oh no, Luke, we moved on to Luke. That's the danger of me just sticking to my notes. So Luke 22, 39, 41 is at the end now and he's under immense pressure. And it says, he came out and went as was his habit to the Mount of Olives and the disciples followed him. So it was his habit to pray. So when he was, his ministry was beginning when it was in full-fledged and he was busy and he was ministering to crowds. There was a lot of demand put on him. Prayer remained a priority, even when he was exhausted. And then we see even at the end, when he's facing immense pressure, it remains important to him. But not even that. Jesus lived that life demonstrating the Father, bringing the Father. And then he died, as Kirsty so beautifully um, described to us today, he died, he rose again, and he went back to the Father, and he is seated on his throne at the right-hand side of the Father. He could say, job done, put his feet up. But Hebrews 7.25, that's going to come up, tells us, therefore he, Jesus, is able to save forever, completely, perfectly, for eternity, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede and intervene on their behalf. So there's Jesus right now. He's in heaven and he's praying. That's how important prayer is to Jesus. And we've been looking at this morning, Ron's been talking about, we've been hearing testimony about the importance of prayer for us. And in fact, let's look at some scriptures that give us instruction to pray and listen for the language. 
So Ephesians 6.18 says, You right, Darcy? Ephesians 6.18. You can do it, lovely. Well done. So Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Can you hear the language? Philippians 4.6, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And finally, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 simply says, pray continually. Can you hear the invitation to us? Can you hear the language about prayer to the Christians? This is the New Testament. Praying always, continually, in all ways, with devotion. So that's the invitation to us. That's the commandment to us in the word. Like Ron said, when Jesus said, when you pray, he didn't say, if you pray, he said, when you pray. And that invitation continues in the word. And that's because praying is powerful and it connects us to God. James 5.16 tells us the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous person, believer, makes tremendous power available. It's dynamic in its working. So prayer is explosive like dynamite. It breaks things open. It changes situations. And as we go on through the Lord's Prayer, we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the power of prayer, bringing the kingdom to earth, bringing God's provision and solutions to our earthly needs. And that's what Jesus did while he was on earth. But also, I said it connects us to God. And Galatians 4, 4 to 6 says, it describes to us, as children of God, we are led by the Holy Spirit to, of God to cry out in prayer, Abba, Father. And Father means Daddy. We get to relate to the Holy God of heaven and earth, the creator of all. We get to re relate to him as not just Father, but Daddy. If you think about a child's relationship, that it's a child that says daddy and we're told to come to him like children so it's about dependence it's about adoration it's about trust that's our prayer relationship with God that's what he desires for us today we've had testimonies about healing and in prayer by praying bringing prayer to situations that I faced, looking at specifically for healing because I feel God was really pouring into that today through the testimonies that I've prayed through for my son to be healed from years of eczema and seen him miraculously healed, healed from meningitis, my eldest son. I was healed from um, continuous cystitis from childhood. I was healed from that in adulthood through prayer. I was healed from depression by spending a year, deep, deep depression, spending a year with God in the Word, as um, Kirsty was describing, reading my Bible, praying, sitting with God, and just growing and getting to know Him as His Father, being His child. And He took in that time my broken heart, and it was broken from a lifehood of abuse, going into sleeping on the streets when I was 13 because that felt safer than home, and going into care just before my 14th birthday, and all that comes with that. I was a broken, broken person, and God healed me so deeply in a time of prayer and fellowship with him as his child, growing to know him as my daddy and actually becoming daddy's girl. That's what I felt like I became, daddy's girl. 
So a couple of examples, we were talking about persisting in prayer, like the persistent widow that Luke talked about who didn't give up asking for her needs to be met. And with Aaron's eczema, we had prayed on and off for years and got, continued got discouraged by not seeing anything. Then we, inspired by what we saw in the Bible about healing, we persevered. And we was prompted by seeing not only the eczema, but 15 warts coming up over his hands. And we said, enough is enough. It's time to get militant. We believe the word of God. Let's fight for it. And when we put him to bed every night in our lounge for 10 to 20 minutes, we prayed specifically for his healing. After the fifth day, we saw the warts disappear. We continued and saw no change in the eczema. Then one morning after six months, I went in to wake him up and the eczema was completely gone. His skin was soft and pure and healed. It was a miracle because of persistence of prayer. Absolutely. Prayer is powerful. Prayer works. As an alternative, years later, he was admitted to hospital, seriously ill, in and out of consciousness, um, potentially dying from meningitis. So he was hooked up and his isolation room was being prepared for him. And within 20 minutes of prayer, he was completely healed, sitting up in bed, surrounded by doctors, wondering what happened to this very, very sick child. Prayer is powerful. Prayer works. So today we're extending an invitation for prayer. And not only is it prayer for healing, prayer for provision, like I described about my healing from depression, prayer is about connection with God. It's about growing in our relationship with him. And that is beautifully exampled by the first section of the Lord's Prayer, which is our Father. So let's look at that now. So the Lord's Prayer, we said it today and we did the hand actions to help us remember it. But Jesus introduced the Lord's Prayer to a question that we might ask when faced with the instruction to pray continually and ceaselessly and be devoted. How? How can we maintain that in our lives? And he introduced the Lord's Prayer. So the Lord's Prayer is approximately 66 words and takes about 25 seconds to recite. Surely that's not it, God. Surely, Jesus, when we say, Lord, teach us to prayer, you give us 66 odd words to recite in 25 seconds and move on. I think not because it's about relationship. It's about perseverance. It's about endurance. It's about growth. So how could that be the answer? What if rather than a prayer that we repeat by rote, it was actually a prayer outline that can lead us into deeper relationship through worship and intercession? The first century rabbis often taught by breaking down a topic into titled sections and then filling in the sections. When asked, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus took the topic of prayer, then broke it down into sections, but didn't fill in the sections. He's left that for us to walk out with the help of the Holy Spirit and each other. It's our journey together because we say our Father. So we do this, we journey through this together as family. Here's a little bit of insight into the prayer outline. Jesus' parting words after the death, the resurrection, and going off to heaven, he said to his disciples, I'm going. But that's good. The Holy Spirit is coming. Go to Jerusalem and wait in prayer. They did in a prayer meeting that lasted about 10 days. And then the Holy Spirit came so powerfully. The promise arrived. So in the Greek... The language that Acts was originally written in, we see a little clue in Acts 1.14, which says, 
all these with one mind and one purpose were continually devoting themselves to prayer, waiting together along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. What did they pray for 10 days? So we read there in one of our modern versions that they devoted themselves to prayer. But in the original language, it says devoting themselves to the prayer. And the Lord's Prayer was known as the prayer. I can imagine them praying through the prayer model that Jesus gave them when following his instruction to wait in prayer for the promise, the Holy Spirit. I discovered this prayer model about 20 years ago when I'd come out of that season or was coming out stronger from that season of brokenness and sitting with God and reading the word and being healed and restored when someone bought me this book, which is now considered a classic. And it's Could You Not Tarry One Hour by Larry Lee. Someone bought it for me for my birthday and Richard happened to have a week off work. So we sat together and we read through the book and we began working this prayer model into our lives, inspired by that. And it's big print, it's really easy to read. I really recommend you getting this book to grow in your understanding of this and applying this to your life over the summer if you choose to accept the invitation. So this book was bought for me, it revolutionized my prayer life and it was the routine and the structure that it gave. It meant that the way this book describes it, it meant that I could take the Lord's Prayer section by section, 10 minutes per section, and pray for everything in an hour. So I'd I'd grown in devotion and intimacy with God. I'd grown in praying for my needs, for my family, but what I hadn't grown in is intercession and praying for the world. And this took me from intimacy with God, our Father who is in heaven, all the way through to praying for the world, praying for our political leaders, um, everything, covered everything in an hour. It was powerful. And I remember we were away on holiday at Easter, And we were praying on a Thursday, I think it was, and I felt powerfully led to pray for Ireland, which was going through all sorts at the time. And then the next day, I heard it announced that the Good Friday Agreement had been signed. And I said to Richard, wow, I prayed into that. And he went, don't think it happened just because of you prayed. No, but it was God used me as part of his prayer army because I made myself available, because I was in a regular routine of praying for the world, using the model of the Lord's Prayer, he used me as part of his prayer army for the Good Friday Agreement. That's awesome. That's such a privilege and such an honor. And then I remember in that time, I went away on a week's training for work, and we'd done a day's training, and my colleagues went off to the bar, and I went up to my room, and I was praying through the prayer. And after about 20 minutes, I had the most wonderful experience of being so powerfully baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it was wonderful. Such an amazing experience, so precious. So this teaching is really precious to me. It's a really important part of my spiritual journey and my growth as a Christian. So I believe through our summer theme, God is extending an invitation to us. Will we go on a new prayer adventure this summer of praying the prayer? Our Father who is in heaven. That's what I'm speaking about today. I love that Jesus started the whole prayer model with that focus. It's our relationship with God and our identity in Christ. He's establishing from the very beginning, we're not sending prayers into the air. We're praying to our Father, and he hears what we pray, and he answers us, and we are praying as a child, I trust you, Daddy, I believe in you, Daddy, and I'm coming to you with needs, and I'm partnering with you to pray for myself and the world. So, 
our, we are family. We're united together, children of God, to love each other, encourage each other. Father, he is loving and we are his children. Who is? So our Father who is. He is. He's alive. We don't pray to a dead God. We pray to a living God. And who is in heaven? He's on the throne. He's in charge. It's okay. He can answer our prayers because he is in the position of ultimate authority and victory. He's given all authority over to us on the earth to partner with him in prayer and join our faith with his power that he will share with us and bring God's kingdom, God's answers to earth. That's what Jesus did. He withdrew and prayed. He filled up. He connected with the Father and he went out and he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out demons and he tells us to do the same. He tells us that we can do it more successfully with more victory, with more empowerment because we have the Holy Spirit with us. The religious leaders of the day thought it was illegal to call God Father. That's one of the reasons they sought to crucify him, because he was blaspheming God. They believed he was holy and separate. They couldn't even speak or write his name. But that wasn't God's heart. He wants to be close. So Jesus came to reveal the, um, God as the Father. He called him Father, but the Bible tells us we get to call him Daddy. That's how close we get to be with God in prayer. So in this prayer model, Jesus makes worshipping and connecting with God as a priority in prayer, as the foundation in prayer, as our starting point. He wants us to come to him as children because he loves us and he delights in us. The word tells us that we are the apple of his eye. Will you accept the invitation this summer? As we unpack the prayer over the summer, will you bring it into your daily life? I recommend this book to you, and I'm happy to send out the link. In the book, the invitation is to pray through the whole prayer in an hour. But the Father doesn't want to put barriers in front of anybody. If that's too much, break it down. Look at it and think, what will I do? Maybe I'll just pray 10 weeks, 10 minutes each day this week on our Father who is in heaven and meditate on that. And this week, just do, um, hallowed be your name. I worship your name. Just do 10 minutes a day. Or maybe start with 10 minutes of our Father and build it up each week, adding another 10 minutes growing in your ability to pray through the whole Lord's Prayer. Maybe just do five minutes a section. Or maybe throw yourself in and go for it and do the whole thing like we did and see the power of God. But whatever we do, he will respond to our commitment to him and he will meet us. The word says that as we draw closer to him, he draws closer to us. So we've got nothing to lose. So I challenge you. I invite you. Let's just close in prayer. For more information about St Saviour's, please visit our website at www dot dot uk.